Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future, episode 291. It is July 14th, 2022, and today we have a little bit of a different episode, a shorter episode for you, but it is a rich, truly rich episode. You see, today, 92 years ago, the great matriarch of the Scrobot family, Laverne Scrobot, was born. Today is her 92nd birthday, born in 1930. If you, if you take a moment and just stop there, and you put all of the uh, relational closeness and, and nearness society, you know, I, growing up, there's a number of years that my family actually lived with my grandma. She convinced my parents to buy her or convinced my, my parents to allow them to buy us little rodents, hamsters back in the day. They thought for sure my grandma would say, no, we're not having mice in the house. And uh, instead she's like, oh, I'll give you some money to buy the cage. So that was my, my grandma, is my grandma, um, very close with her. So you can, even if you put all of the relational equity and the relational nearness aside, and you think back to that generation, that generation that was born in the late 1920s, early 1930s, that generation that is fading away, a generation that fought in World War II. When you think back to what the world was life was like all the way back in, in 1920, 1930, it's, it's astounding. Penicillin was invented in the 1920s. 1928. Fleming discovers penicillin two years before my grandma's born. Penicillin, a life-saving medicine that has saved millions and millions of lives. Antibiotics. Bubblegum, invented in 28. The electric shaver. The car radio. Think of this. In 1928, just two years before my grandma was born, the car radio was invented. Scotch tape invented in 1930. The jet engine invented in 1930. Uh, non or Stop action photography. In other words, early video stuff. Invented in 31. The electronic microscope in 31. The Polaroid invented in 1932. The zoom lens and light meter in 32. The first parking meter. Man, got to take that invention back. Imagine the world before parking meters. Goodness gracious. The, the radio telescope invented. Here, here's one. In 1933, this is, this is a real shocker if you, if you pause to think about this. 1933, when my grandma was three years old and that generation was so young, FM radio was invented. FM radio. When my grandma was born, when that generation was born that is passing away right now, They were not born with FM radio. And here we are listening to a podcast that you can access anywhere in the world from your mobile device. In the, the, the world that that generation was born in compared to the world that they live in today is, is startling. It's, it's an, one of the most, probably of all history, incredible times to have lived, to witness the 
the entire revolution and change that technology and the industrial revolution and technology, computers, electricity, medicine, that revolution has brought to the earth. We live in incredible times. No one, no one today, not one soul, I guarantee it, not one soul would trade for what we have today to become a billionaire living in 1910. A billionaire in 1910 did not have penicillin. Their kids died from simple bacteria infections. The, the world that we live in today is truly so bright and so brilliant. The, the quality of life on a global scale, unprecedented. The fact that you can open up your, the cabinets in your kitchen and you have spices there. Kings would dream of your spice closet back in the 1800s, 1900s. Would dream of it. You think that refrigerators weren't common. Ice boxes, refrigerators weren't common. You had to go to the market and had to go to the store every day to buy fresh produce because your food would go bad. The fact that we are able to open up a refrigerator and have endless amounts of food. Of course, you might say, well, not everywhere in the world, of course. But even in, in some of the most impoverished nations, they have that. In most undeveloped nations, they have running water. They have electricity. In many, many, many places around the world, of course, there's still millions of people, hundreds of million people without Regardless, we, we live in such an incredible time. Now, my, my grandma, this is most likely to be her, her, her last birthday on earth. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a slow decline for her and those, my family and um, aunts and uncles who have been caring for her. It has been quite heavy watching her decline and being quite helpless in, in the midst of it. Uh, she's uh, suffering with, you know, the kind of beginning middle stages, middle stages really of dementia. And it's been really difficult for all those caring. So she has lived a, a full, a full life with many children, many, many grandchildren, many, many great grandchildren, uh, and, and a full childhood with a dozen brothers and sisters who have all gone, gone on. So she has lived an incredible, incredible life as the matriarch of our family, uh, my father's mother. And I know that she is going to rejoice to get with all of her brothers and sisters on the other side and probably play some polka music and do some dancing. Uh, but with that, the, as we reflect on on that this week, I've also reflected on another story that uh, came across, was, was sent our way. Uh, friends of the family, they had a, a, a young boy, six years old, bitten by a rattlesnake and uh, died. And it's pretty inc incredible and somewhat crazy to think that we have so much technology. We have advanced so far as a society, and yet 
You know, we and our lives are so fragile that we still aren't able to save a child from a rattlesnake bite. Um, and I know that these things, both these things happen every day. Every day, there are countless, countless tragic stories of parents having to do the unthinkable and bury their child. And there are countless, countless, countless stories of children having to lay their parents to rest. Both these things happen every day. As I've been reflecting this week, and even weeks prior, uh, reflecting on life, reflecting on death, reflecting on the brevity of our life. Uh, you know, I'm 36. If, if I am lucky, if I am so lucky to make it to 92 years old, I would have already lived 39 to 40% of my life to date. 40% of my life, if I make it to 92. Um, and it feels like it's just been a moment. And when I pause to reflect on the brevity of life, I realize it's quite easy to get caught up in the deceitfulness of riches, chasing money, the deceitfulness of fame, popularity, uh, success. You see, a rich person, a rich person has many friends. Not because they have friends, but because they're rich. And a popular person from the outside, it appears that they have lots of love. A generation, probably, probably previous generations as well, but especially been amplified through the mobile phone. This generation, we look at popularity and we think that that is love. We mistake popularity and numbers and following thinking that if I reach that point, then my, the deep longings of my heart for love and connectivity would be filled. And it's just not true. Uh, yesterday, I was with my family, my four incredible boys, my incredible wife. And I, as we were reflecting on this, I looked around once again for the hundredth or thousandth time and reminded myself that this is all that I have. At the end of my day, this is all that will matter. The numbers, the successes, even real successes, the finances, the, the, the wins, the achievements, the goals that we reach in our life, they, they are going to fade away when we are laying on our deathbeds and the light is fading from our eyes. Who is around your bed? Who is around my bed? How are my relationships with those people? And if I want to have beautiful, lush relationships, if I want to have rich and deep connection with the people close to me, the people that matter, the five people outside of my family, or four people, three people outside of my family that might be at my deathbed. How are those, how are those relationships? What am I doing to build those relationships? 
Because if we do not invest today in our children, in our marriages, in the, the relationships that truly count and make deposits every day that compound for 20, 30, 40 years, then what will we have when the light is fading from our eyes? What will we have? Well, today's quote, this whole, this whole segment is pretty much just a, a Weaver and Loom segment where we take ancient wisdom and weave, weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destiny. Well, today's quote is uh, from the prophet and king David, Nebi Dawood. And David wrote, David wrote this, O Lord, make me know my end. What is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you've made my days a few hand breaths. And my lifetime is nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely man goes about as a shadow. There's another passage that the, the psalmist he writes, teach us to number our days that we might gain wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we might live them rightly because we are nothing but a breath. 70 years is but a breath. It's but a moment. It's a vapor. It's like when you're out in the cold and you breathe out and you see the vapor for a moment and then it's gone. That is our life. Day to day, week to week, that is our life. And all of our days are numbered. Whether, and, and we don't know whether that will be at six or at 92 or somewhere in between. This, this could be the very last episode of this show. And I often think that. I often think when I sit down, when I sit down to, to produce a show, I think to myself, this could be the very last show that I do because I might not live to next week. And if this is the very last show that I do, would I want people to remember me by this last thing recorded that I said, that when my children go back and listen to the last thing that dad ever recorded, that my friends go back and listen to the last thing that Lucas ever recorded, but my wife goes back to listen to the last thing that I recorded my voice. Would that be a representation of who I am? And would I be proud for them, of them, and of myself, of what I put out, what I represented, what I presented, what I shared, how I lived my life? Or would that bring disappointment? And I think about that nearly on a daily basis. Maybe that's a little too heavy. Maybe that's a little too much, uh, contemplating the brevity of our life. But I truly believe if we contemplate the brevity of our life, not in an existential way, not in a way that leads to depression and anxiety, but in a way that teaches us to count our days that we might gain wisdom, that we might take the appropriate action, that we might cherish every day, that we might live with contentment. I had this, again, a conversation with my children last night. My oldest, he was saying, oh, I can't wait to be an adult. I just, being an adult, I can't wait to be a grown-up. And I was sharing with him, if you spend your entire childhood waiting to become a grown-up, you're going to spend your entire adulthood waiting to reach the next level of success. Instead, 
Learn to be content with where you are and what you have and the place that you are in life. And I struggle with that. I struggle with that on on many levels, different areas, where the show should be at, where I should be at in my life, what success I should have achieved by now. But it's through learning contentment, which which can be built through gratitude by being grateful for the season that we're in, be grateful for the things that we have. That is the doorway to contentment. And when we learn contentment in our life, that is the beginning, a, a beginning step of living our days wisely and rightly. Because we don't know what tomorrow brings. But if we can be content today with the relationships that we have today, with the way that we're living our life today. And if, if you don't, if you don't like the state of your relationships today, take account of that and make changes. If you don't like this, the state of your life where, where there's truly chaos and things that are hiding in the shadows of your life today, then we need to live wisely and rightly and wake up and say, I am not content with my shortcomings and failures in these areas. I am going to stand up with discipline as a man or as a woman and take responsibility and face those things head on because I realize that is going to compound and I don't want to end up at the end of my life with regret and bitterness and brokenness and broken relationships. Instead, I'm going to go the humble route and do the work I need to do today to build the relationships that I want for tomorrow, to build the the, the ecosystem and culture in my life, in my family that I want for tomorrow. And that takes an incredible amount of intentionality, of, uh, of humility, and of being willing to look in the, the, the dark areas, the things that we've hidden in our life, the things that we don't want to look at and see and admit. But if we do that, we truly can uh, step into step into a level of health, wholeness, and enter into contentment with the gifts that we have been given. Well, that is all for today's episode. As I said, it's a short one. Thank you so much for being here on the show every week. Thank you for all those who have been, uh, who give to the show every week, whether that's through listening on Sphinx and streaming Satoshis or giving your hard cold fiat. Uh, if you have any questions, WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero, and I will see you next week. Go out this week with gratitude and contentment. <laughs>